Welcome to the Freemasons Queensland podcast, and I'm your host, Wishful Brother Jay Pask, and I'm also the Chairman of the Communications Committee. Midway through the episode, you'll hear our news update, bringing you happenings from the United Grand Lodge of Queensland, and keeping you up to date across the jurisdiction. Please be mindful that the views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of UGLQ. This week's episode of the Freemasons Queensland podcast, we're interviewing some of the main contributors to the centenary book at its launch in the Masonic Memorial Centre, Ann Street. Adam and I were fortunate enough to interview the most worshipful brother, Dr. Gary Bacon, past Grandmaster, right worshipful brother, Jeff Harper, Deputy Grandmaster, and of course, worshipful brother, Stig Hokanson. I'm now joined by Right Worshipful Brother Jeff Harper in the Masonic Memorial Centre. Well, good afternoon. I'm joined by the Right Worshipful Deputy Grandmaster Jeff Harper. Um, good afternoon, Jeff. How's your day been? Good, good. Thank you. Um, so we've been um, talking about the centenary book, and uh, could you just tell us what the book's about, a little bit about the content? Well, the, the centenary book was uh, came into existence because we, we we believed we had to do something to celebrate the 100 years of uh, United Grand Lodge of Queensland. And uh, in the past, uh, there was a 50-year book produced, and if you haven't had a chance to read that book, it's got some astounding stories about how Freemasonry in Queensland was formed and 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 the history and of the of the people that were involved. And then we had the 150-year uh, book that repeated a lot of that history, but was particular in, in relation to uh, one particular lodge. So what we thought this time, let's let's not repeat history. Um, let's do a book about the people that have been involved in Freemasonry since its foundation of the United Grand Lodge of Queensland. And uh, that's what the book attempts to do: is tell the stories of individuals that have made a difference to Freemasonry, to the district, uh, to the state of Queensland, and so that uh, the Freemasons of Queensland can uh, look at that history and uh, and be proud. And, we, and I think we've got to tell the story of those Freemasons so that they're not lost. That's great. What do you see as the most important and positive outcome for the launch of this and future events like it? I think the most important thing about this publication is it tells a story about um, individual Freemasons in Queensland that have made a difference. And uh, I think it's important that we get that message out uh, to all the other Freemasons in Queensland uh, of our rich history and the people that have written that history for us. What are you especially excited about for this book? Which parts you specifically appreciate and, uh, and why do you appreciate them? I, I found very interesting the, um, some of the, um, the stories about some of the individuals and I, and I like the, the history of uh, particular individuals and, uh, and, and the life that they lived, uh, where they lived it, uh, how difficult it was in those times and also uh, the fact uh, one of the stories is about a a brother who served uh, during the Second World War, and uh, 
he did a, such a job and made such an impression that they named an airport after him. So I think that's the most important thing and, and learning about that history, I, uh, I, uh, I enjoy that. A very interesting times. What ages and ranks of brethren do you think this book appeals to? I think that it'll appeal to, um, it should appeal to all Freemasons of all ages, uh, but I think uh, our young Freemasons should uh, study the history of uh, the brethren that came before them and, uh, and the effort that they've put in to establish lodges uh, and to uh, establish the state of Queensland on what it is today. Where can our listeners get a copy of the book? Well, we've been extremely fortunate that um, we've had some good sponsors and uh, I must thank the uh, Board of Benevolence and uh, the Masonic Fund of Benevolence who have both assisted in, in donating funds uh, so that uh, we are going to be providing a copy to each member in the jurisdiction and um, they'll receive those copies in the very near future. I understand they're going to be distributed via the AGDDs? Uh, that's, that's correct. Um, the AGDDs are, will have the, a number of the uh, books and uh, they'll be producing them at the lodge for each of the members. Is there anyone you'd like to thank for their important contributions towards the book? I think that um, I'd like to thank uh, uh, Most Worshipful Brother Gary Bacon, uh, Worshipful Brother Stig Hoggardson, uh, and um, Most Worshipful Brother Emmanuel Anthony, uh, and Adam Burton, uh, who uh, uh, put, put it all together into a presentable publication. I thank um, Most Worshipful Brother uh, Bacon and uh, Worshipful Brother Stig Hogginson for the amount of work they've done in um, editing the stories and, and proving the facts, and, uh, and for Adam to um, put it into a a beautiful format. Uh, it has come out uh, quite well and, and it's something we can be proud of. It strikes me there's a huge amount of work that's gone into that, so they've all done particularly well. It's a, it's a huge oh, effort. A huge effort. And um, um, what I'd like to see in the future is, is lodges to think about uh, members that in, in their lodge uh, that have made a difference to their lodge. Uh, to society in general and the district and, and even to the state and uh, pen their stories, uh, get that history recorded and uh, get it down to uh, the Grand Library and uh, we can consider doing this type of publication in the future because we need to tell the stories about the Freemasons that have made a difference. I think that also uh, echoes into what the Communications Committee are doing by trying to collate these stories from across the district. And we're very aware that this podcast and certainly the magazine public publication doesn't become um, too focused in the southeast. And we look across the districts um, for all this content, and it can be published in the in the library and also in the uh, the magazine which we hope to reintroduce definitely definitely we need to get the story out so what's next what uh, what events have we got planned for the centenary uh, as you as you most probably aware we've had to uh, cancel our um, main functions that we were going to have in july and uh, uh, because of the COVID lockdowns and we've had subsequent uh, COVID lockdowns but we are now planning a smaller event for the 13th of November 
and uh, details of that will come out very soon. And uh, it is hoped that uh, uh, the brother, brethren can attend that to celebrate the 100 years. Um, and we will do some further planning to see if we can certainly put on some uh, more events earlier in the uh, new year. Well, that's something to look forward to for, uh, for all the brethren. Mm. Deputy Grand Master, I've got some more questions that are a little bit more tailored towards yourself. Um, how long have you been a Freemason? Well, I joined Freemasonry in 1989. I joined Main Lodge, number 470, and uh, yeah, I've been a Freemason since uh, that time, 32 years. And what about Grand Office? How long have you been a Grand Officer? I joined the Grand Lodge team in 2002 when um, Most Worshipful Brother Wright was the Grand Master. I came in as a Grand Sword Bearer. Oh, great stuff. And uh, would you like to s summarise your uh, your Masonic journey so far? It's been a very enjoyable journey, um, one that I've stayed on for 32 years, and I can and I hope to continue for an, another 32 years if I'm lucky. But uh, yeah, it's been something that I've enjoyed. Um, I had a, a family commit family commitment in the past. Uh, to um, Freemasonry with my grandfather, which I found out when I joined Freemasonry. So uh, I've enjoyed my uh, lodge. I've enjoyed being associated with Job's daughters, uh, which uh, my two daughters got involved with. Uh, enjoyed that immensely, and uh, I have enjoyed my journey in, uh, in Grand Lodge. Yeah, as you as you know, my my daughter's uh, a fan of Freemasonry, and. Uh she came along and supported me at my installation, and uh, he received the uh, uh, the response to the uh, to the ladies' toast. So, yeah. mm. um, a, here's one for you. What, in your opinion, does Freemasonry need more of? Well, it'll be obvious that we need more members, uh, but we need more um, happiness. Um, you don't go to anything or you don't do anything that you're not happy with and what we need to be is communicate, be happy and communicate happiness. Um, I enjoy my lodge because um, um, the, the members get on real well together. Um, we never have any issues. Um, we enjoy each other's company and, uh, and we enjoy what we do and um, we certainly attempt to do the best work we can. We're not always perfect, um, but we certainly try and aim for for being perfect. One day we'll hit it and we'll all be surprised, but we do enjoy what we do and we enjoy bringing new members in and uh, attempt to make their journey as happy as ours has been. I think that's so important to make it a pleasurable experience and everyone has to enjoy themselves. And Definitely, down. definitely. Uh, do you agree we take good men and make them better? I think that that would be accurate. That would be accurate. Um, I think that you've um, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, uh, we work on it, and uh, 
I think the best thing that we can do is everybody has a journey through life and uh, sometimes they hit uh, a little bit of a rough patch on that road but I think what we've got to be there for is to help them through that rough patch and back onto the bitumen and that's the best way I can uh, I can describe it. We should take good men into our fraternity and we should keep them being good men by helping them uh, on that journey of life down that road at that when they do hit that little bit of a rough patch in the road that we are there to support them and bring them back onto the bitumen. Uh, I think that's the best thing that we can do as Freemasons. Uh, it takes a lot to bring a bad man to a good man but if we take on good men and we maintain them as good men over time they'll improve and we've just got to assist them on that journey. Deputy Grandmaster, what's your favourite part of Freemasonry? I think it's um, I think it's visitation and um, I, I enjoy the meetings uh, and I enjoy the company of like-minded people. I think um, what improved, and, and I enjoyed it, I still enjoy it, but I think what put the icing on the cake was when I joined the Grand Lodge team because uh, that took me into areas that I would have never visited uh, and, and, and I've met people that I would have never met and I've enjoyed their company and uh, their friendship throughout the whole breadth of Queensland and um, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoy the people that are in Freemasonry and uh, I'm very lucky to have had the opportunity to be a Grand Lodge officer and uh, travelled the breadth of Queensland and met some wonderful people and I, uh, I, like, I like that and I will continue to do that uh, when I, as long as I can. Some of my favourite um, moments from Freemasonry so far are from when we, we travel. We, we go out and we do fraternals, we visit uh, and we get out amongst the brethren and I, I've, I've really enjoyed that so far. Yeah, it gives you, uh, as a, as a um, I think I'm a second generation city slicker, um, so um, I have a bit of connection to the country, but being a second generation city slicker, uh, it's allowed, it allowed me to go out and see the difficulties that our brethren have out in the country, uh, but, but it also allowed me to make some great friends and and meet with people, really good people, and uh, I enjoy their company, and what more could you want? Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Deputy Grandmaster, for your time. My pleasure. And we look forward to speaking to you soon. Okay, thank you. And now I'm fortunate enough to have with me most worshipful brother, Dr. Gary Bacon, past Grandmaster, and we're sitting in the Grandmaster's office. Jay, the... Um Let's talk about the little travel through Freemasonry uh, from a boy from the bush perspective. So, in joining Freemasonry at Beer War in 1973, the band of brothers there were all workers in forestry or workers on farms, mainly horticultural farms. And they had a, uh, a great interest in fellowship. Um, wives involved, 
And it seemed to me a very, very nice band of people to be associated with, and so I joined them. And I've never regretted that step. I met a range of men at Beer War, Tibrigargan Lodge, number 305, and also in those years of visiting extensively, I met a range of men that shared my great beliefs in life. They were good men and, um, and they, were, they were good fathers. They were good family men. They were good members of their community. They were always involved in helping other peoples and aspects of the community. And that has never ceased to be through the whole journey of Freemasonry for me. So I have, I have got great energy, received great energy from the association of those good men from all walks of life. And it's evidenced, if you go back in time, that those concepts of being a good man have been with us for a long time and I got interested in from whence we come. And in those early days of my journey in Freemasonry, I did not have access uh, to history books um, other than a few rituals. And my local um, members were not that interested in an exploration of the past. And so I joined the correspondence circle of uh, quite a coronati. And that opened my eyes. It really opened my eyes. And so uh, the great writer Carr, who wrote the wonderful books and whatnot, he used to answer questions and whatnot about this, all aspects of Freemasonry. And so I just developed this great interest in the historical aspects of it all. And that has never left me. Uh, that interest in, in the back uh, from whence we've come has never, ever left me. And only recently... Um, I was talking to a group of people about the seven liberal arts and sciences. And its first reference in a written um, uh, piece of uh, history is about 1390, and it's the Rages Manuscript, sometimes called the Hollywell Manuscript after the man who discovered it, rediscovered it in 1840. But there it is, the reference to those seven liberal arts and sciences, which we learn about in our stage progression through Freemasonry. And here it is, written about all those years ago. So that's the sort of sense of history that I, I get from belonging to this great organisation, uh, this institution of ours. Thank you, Brother Bacon. That's an amazing story. We have a running theme through the podcast. And I'd like to ask you, in your opinion, what does Freemasonry need more of? That is a challenging question in this day and age. Because if we see what our fathers and grandfathers, um, how they interacted uh, with their lodges and the concept of Freemasonry, the environment in which they worked was completely different to that of today. They had a focus more on Freemasonry in those days because I think 
there were less opportunities to be involved in things. Community things, family things. Today, the younger man is inundated with opportunities to spend his time wisely and in a good fashion. And there is no doubt that the younger man today recognises the importance of his contribution to his family more than in the past. I mean, the breadwinner was the breadwinner. But today, that man is intimately involved in all aspects of the child's development and the family. Therefore, his time is, is um, truncated to only small areas of involvement that he can be involved with. So to get that man involved more in Freemasonry means that he has to be um, passionate about what they want to achieve within that group, within that lodge. And therefore, the concept of uh, community involvement of Freemasonry and his lodge is can cover other aspects of his life. And so I think it's in that area of involvement in the community with his Freemasonry colleagues, okay, that I think ought to be one of the foci. The other foci is this, that very few men during their life these days spend much time on reflection. And therefore, I believe that Freemasonry can provide a zone of reflection by either getting interested in the concepts of Freemasonry, the tours, the elements of Freemasonry, the journey of Freemasonry, and the self-development of a person within that concept. So they are the two themes that I think would be relevant for today, for a young man. That's very insightful, thank you. When I was a young Master Mason, I was asked by the then Grand Master, the most worshipful brother Townsend, do we make good men better? So I'd like to ask, what are your thoughts on this? Do we make good men better? Um, I would say this, Jay, that in most examples that I've seen over time, the men are good. The people who come into our lodges... Um, have good reputation, they have a past that would say, we would like you to join us. There is no doubt, though, that I have seen growth and development in some of those individuals in terms of their ability to um, learn administration, um, get confidence in speaking, uh, their capacity to um, um, administer. There is no doubt I have seen wonderful examples of men who have been able to learn 
and develop in that regard. But as for whether they become good men become better, I mean, how do you define these things? Um, when a man explores other areas that are open to him via Freemasonry, you get an understanding of other concepts of life and humanity. There is no doubt about that. But whether that is a, a feature of being better, it's just a better understanding of where you are. And that's my take on that. Thank you. And now the news for Freemasons Queensland. Online membership applications have now been uploaded to the member resources section of the website, allowing secretaries to digitally submit applications and supporting documents. The sale of Stones Corner is due to complete on the 13th of November. Many lodges have already moved back to Ann Street and are enjoying meeting in the newly refurbished lodge rooms. The President of the General Board of Directors listening tour continues, having received positive feedback in Gympie, Caboolture, Caloundra and Toowoomba. Further dates and venues are to be confirmed. Centenary celebrations have been suspended due to COVID, but we look forward to their recommencement next year. The Right Worshipful Brother Ian Tomlinson moved on from his position as executive manager to explore other opportunities. The General Board of Directors would like to take this opportunity to thank him for his service and wish our brother well in his future endeavours. According to the Grand Secretariat, at least 80% of lodges have returned back to regular meetings after COVID. We would encourage brethren to help get this number back up to 100% and support lodges with your attendance if you feel safe to do so. And now this is Adam's interview with Worshipful Brother Stig. Welcome to the Freemasons Queensland podcast. And today we have a special guest, Worshipful Brother Stig Hokanson. Welcome to the show. How are you going today? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Great to, great to hear, Stig. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to interview Stig on uh, the United Grand Lodge of Queensland's book, The First 100 Years, 1921 to 2021, and more. And we're going to learn uh, about Stieg and, uh, and, a, and a bit more as well. So first question for you is, what is the inspiration for the book? Well, uh, the celebration of some of the brethren who were part of the United Grand Lodge of Queensland's first hundred years is the obvious answer. However, as I see it, it is not limited to these brethren's Masonic journey alone. It probes and documents their private and public lives outside the order. Indeed, I would go as far as saying it brings to a contemporary readership glimpses of some of the truly great movers and shakers in Queensland society who also happen to be Freemasons for most of their lives. Exciting. Sounds amazing. So what do you see as the most positive outcome of the launch and future events such as this one, Stieg? Well, uh, every book launch, of course, is very special. It's a highlight for the author who often spends months, if not years, with painstaking research to see the publication of the finished product. Only the authors 
they know the long road, of course, between ideas and reality. I've attended several book launches, both academic and popular fiction, and embraced each occasion equally. It is a special day. There's no question about it. I mean, just say, when you sit there and labor away, uh, and you, will it ever come to an end? And then you see it in print. Well, of course, it's a gratifying moment. Mm, definitely, definitely. And what are your most, what are you most especially excited about for the book? What parts do you specifically appreciate and why? Well, I actually appreciate the entire book, which can be seen as an overall salute to Queensland Freemasonry while using the concept of biographies. You see, I I mainly write biographies. To that end, Mm -hmm. it uh, presents a metaphorical jigsaw puzzle, which can be either viewed as a whole or separate entities, all combining to make an entire or, or fairly large picture. My own 11 chapters included in this book are hopefully strong enough as standalone biographies of wonderful men who became integral players in the evolution of Queensland over the past century. So that's the way I see it. Ah, beautiful. And, and what ages and ranks of brethren do you think this book will appeal to? Well, it will have a broad appeal right across the membership, I I would suggest. The fact that the book is not southeast Queensland-centred or focused, it embraces the entire state, adds, of course, a most valuable dimension. Moreover, as has been decided by the the United Grand Lodge of Queensland, each and every Freemason in Queensland will receive a copy of the book. Of course, that on its own cements the book in the hearts and minds of brethren and their families. An added bonus is the book's contribution to Queensland history outside the craft itself. And I I dare say some will use it as a resource when they write um, historical vignettes or biographies on some of the men that are, are already mentioned and covered in the book. Yes, yes, definitely. And I'm, I'm personally looking forward to receiving my, my particular copy as well. And who would you like to thank for their important contributions towards uh, this book, Steve? Well, there are many, and I'll, I'll probably be uh, drawn and quartered for not mentioning everyone. But, but <laughs> yes, clearly, okay. if we can start with the, it was a dream of the current, uh, our current uh, grandmaster Paul Holland, and he gave it its full support. Without that support, of course, it would have just remained a dream. Uh, but his style in the request of the style of the book that it wasn't to be too academic nor was it just to be a list of of uh, people dates and so forth but go beyond that in in a different fashion but uh, beyond that i would like to single out the deputy grandmaster uh, the chair of the public pu- publication committee uh, jeff harper whose steady hand and good counsel guided the project from start to finish He was a very, very important pivotal player. Editorially, I would single out past Grandmaster Dr. Gary Bacon, whose writing prowess is evident across a range of biographies, starting with the DNA of UGLQ. It's a bit of a mouthful. On the macro scale, and on the one hand, and the inclusion of his mother lodge, Tibrogagan, on the micro level. My own chapters, of course, uh, I have to be a bit modest, are naturally best review- reviewed by others, as you understand, Adam. Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, so, so what's next? What future events are planned? 
Well, 2021's United Grand Lodge of Queensland events have sadly been compromised on account of Mm -hmm. COVID-19, as you know, and various restrictions imposed by Queensland Health and rightly, and can I say diligently, followed by Grandmaster Holland, where safety of members have been the paramount consideration. Now, the flagged United Grand Lodge of Queensland event in November is now sadly cancelled as well for reasons of COVID uncertainties. But you know what? The Olympic Games were cancelled in 1940 and again in 1944. By the way, that's the year I was born, only Mm -hmm. to bounce back in 1948. And more recently, of course, in Tokyo in 2020, was delayed by a year. So guess what? In reality, 2022 might be a big and very successful year indeed for United Grand Lodge of Queensland. No, oh, I agree. I'm, I'm optimistic as well. And, and Stig, how long have you been a Freemason? Exactly 50 years, would you believe? Half a century. 50 years last June, 50 wonderful and inspiring years, culminating with the presentation by past Grandmaster Emmanuel Anthony on behalf of the United Grand Lodge of Queensland of my 50-year jewel. It was a lovely event. My family were allowed to attend, and it was, no, it was, I was quite chuffed. Wow, amazing, and congratulations yeah. uh, from myself to you. That, that's uh, amazing. Thank you, and I'm sure you'll get that one day too. Yes, yes, I've got a few more years left, yet to go. So next question here for you, Steve. When did you become a Grand Officer? Well, guess what? I never, I never became a grand officer, nor, did I, nor have I received and conferred past grand rank. You see, my nocturnal newspaper career excluded me from such ambitions. I would have liked to be part of the grand team, but you know, now I'm 77. I can only lament the fact that I did not embark on that journey. And I I admire the dedication of those who did and were part of the United Grand Lodge leadership through the past century. Grandmaster Holland honoured me with a CSM, you know, with conspicuous service to Masonry. It was a very, very humbling experience in 2018 in recognition of one of my earlier books, The Show Must Go On. There's been Lodge 268, 1918, 2018. Uh, my feature writing with the Queensland Freemason and regular contribution to domestic and international Masonic magazines and journals. So I, I'm essentially a scribe and, and work a little bit in the background, but I really enjoy the journey. Oh, excellent, excellent. It's great, great to hear uh, you being acknowledged for, for your contributions as well. And so how do you summarise your Masonic journey so far? Well, having been privileged to have been on many journeys throughout my life, and I've seen most of the world, actually, I've been very lucky. My Masonic journey, which began in, in June 1971, is still going. Yes, the never-ending journey best sums up this privilege. And why do I use such a laden word as privilege? Well, simply because I see my interaction with fellow brethren as a privilege. Men I first met in Lodge 50 years ago are still my friends. And I'm also, I didn't tell you this, but I'm also a civil funeral celebrant and a long-term chaplain in my two lodges. And I'm also afforded the privilege of officiating at many of my dear friends' funerals. Few Freemasons are afforded this privilege, and I I say that in... in, uh, Citation marks here. My Masonic journey is far from over, I like to think. When it concludes one day, and as you know, it 
it, it must. I trust my contribution to the craft in some small measure brought joy and comfort to my, shall we call them, travel companions along the way. And there have been so many. And uh, mm. sadly, you know, we're getting up in an age group where, where we sort of fall off the perch and, and that's very sad or, or for, for reasons uh we can no longer attend lodge the way we used to do when we were younger. And and I'm just glad we have a strong day lodge that can cater for those that find it difficult to go out at night. Mm, yeah, de- definitely. It's good to, to um, be able to, uh, to attend those day lodges as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Stig, what does Freemasonry need more of in your opinion? Well, here I'm on thin ice, aren't I? I don't mean to be uh, critical in any way, but may I just say, uh, create a rubric, communications, and in brackets, on steroids. Uh, Everything comes down to good versus bad communication. Mm. Transparency, of course, accountability, and that can only be achieved through mediums such as the Queensland Freemason, and I really hope that it comes back soon. And Thespian Times, uh, my own paper, you know, I'm a feature writer, for them and we 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 go go out with a decent publication every month El rain or shine and broadcasts such as this one telecasts and social media platforms and i don't think we must we must never let a chance go by when positive initiatives and charity events are staged struggling country newspapers and i know many of them they love copy love copy contributions we need capable copywriters and photographers um, you can do it with your um, telephone these days uh, once upon a time lodge installations you probably it's before your time they were fully covered in the local paper names and positions of every yeah. officer down to the color of the master's wife's dress now without communication we simply wither on the on the vine paramount is an understanding that struggling newspapers and media do not send reports us anymore or photographers it's up to us to provide the copy uh, you know and, I, and uh, i'm just working on a little concept with a local uh, print paper in my area here in logan city and uh, i I, you know, I can digress and i said the only way i got a foot in the door i created this rubric with the editor whatever happened to the buffalo so whatever happened to the freemasons whatever happened to rotary etc and he said, oh, brilliant idea, Steve, go with it. And, of course, the first one, I said, do you mind if I write about the Masons first? No, 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 keep going, mate, you know, that's great. And, <laughs> and so, you see, just a phone call away and free publicity, I get, uh, I expect at least the full page, if not more, uh, with a circulation of 10, 15,000 copies. Yeah. It's only, yeah, and we it's only a free drag, you know, that, that they pick up outside the butcher or whatever. But still and all, it's 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 good and it can generate interest. Yes, and you're you you're encouraging that and uh, yeah, welcoming others uh, to to share share their uh, their stories as well. And so do we take good men and make them better? That'll be a very short answer. Yes, always have, always will. Perfect. And lastly, what is your favourite part of Freemasonry, Stieg? Wow. You just gave me an idea for my next book. (laughs) My (laughs) short answer is ritual. I love ritual. However, I also observe Freemasonry in action far away from the lodge and, of course, acts of kindness, empathy and support. Your question is similar to, I suppose, if someone asks you about one of Brother Mozart's piano concertos and said, what do you like best? Hmm, all of it. 
all of it will probably be people's answer. And the same thing with with me and Freemason. I don't particularly, I have to be honest, I don't like uh, waffly secretaries that will read every minuscule thing. I like to get into the ritual part and ritual done well uh, still after 50 years since the Sheva Dhamma's fine. It's very much theatre. And it's like acting, isn't it? And I could imagine, say, Sir Anthony Hopkins in the East or, or as a warden delivering one of the charges and you would hear a pin drop. Yeah. What more can I say than that? Oh, amazing. Well, I'm, well, I'm, a sucker, I'm a sucker for ritual, I, I guess. Yeah, that's... No. Well, well, I'd just like to, to, say, to say thank you so much, uh, Worshipful Brother Steve Hokanson, on on sharing your your beautiful insights on on the book and beyond, and and being a being a Freemason for for fifty years, and uh, and may it continue for for many many more years. And um, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for tuning into our Freemasons Queensland podcast. Please feel free to message us with feedback and suggestions for future episode themes and guests you'd like us to invite. Please do approach any of us in Lodge for a friendly chat too. In next week's episode we'll be speaking to the most worshipful Grandmaster of Queensland, the most worshipful brother, Paul Holland.